0: everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Today you're kind of joining in on a um, wild and wacky <laughs> Weekly sure. Impact Podcast, uh, Facebook Live so far, what we've had. Yep. Um, I think the quarantine has finally cracked us. Yeah. Yep. we um, so- We've been broken. <laughs> so guys, today um, we are going to be on Judges 21, the final chapter in the book, right? Yep. So um, it's a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. So, um, guys, uh, can we just go
1: say uh, "listener and reader discretion advised" before we do this? If you plan on like listening to this with your kids, yeah, we're gonna read this, and it's kid it's disturbing. So, just wanted to give you the heads up if you want to listen to it ahead of time, and just make sure it's age appropriate. Advised. Yeah, <laughs> it just it really is. We're just we're not being we're not being facetious. Yeah, it's no. just, yeah, yeah.
0: It's, All right, it's pretty bad. Yeah. All right, guys. So. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Um, today, uh, as always, Daniel Yelverton is joining, Pastor Daniel. Uh, Michael Miller is here with us again today, and Tiffany Wiss is joining us as well. What's up? Pastor Daniel, was, or Pastor Daniel, Pastor Phil was going to make an appearance today, but uh, we got a lot of stuff going on today, so he ended up not joining us. Um, you will be able to catch him um, other times through the week um, for our Let the Light In um, devotionals that we have going on and everything else, so... Um, Thank you guys so far for all the support that you've given us online as well as we've been trying to reach out and provide more um, more avenues for you guys to uh, stay connected, for you to continue to grow uh, spiritually. So uh, we are very happy to be providing things for you guys, and we're very happy that they seem to be well-received. So um, if you have any ideas or anything like that, always feel free to let us know. You can always reach out to us at contact at myelevationcc.org. Um, if you're watching us online, if you are actually new to our church, um, just through all of this online platform with everything that's been going on, you can find us on Facebook, Facebook, Uh, just search at ECC Bland. Pretty much anything you go to, you can search at ECC Bland. You want to find us on YouTube for our uh, Sunday services that we're still doing live, um, search YouTube at ECC Bland and subscribe. So anyway, you can find any resource that you need. Um, Our website will take you to a lot of places as well. MyElevationCC.org is a place that you can find more resources. So anyway... That gets us all caught up. So, honestly, do you guys have anything you want to get into before we get into context today to set up today's chapter? I just can't wait to hear (coughs) Daniel
1: (laughs) give the context. context.
2: Like, I I love just throwing it over there every time.
1: (laughs) You guys, you you put it out there. You put it out there like it's like really, like anybody can jump in, and then everybody's just like,
0: well there's been times that Michael's jumped in there and taken <laughs> Well I I, I could the but, the,
2: but the ones. thing is we do know that I mean Daniel is, as our discipleship guy that he've been he has been really digging into this. so I think that you know with all the work that you've been doing <laughs> great. It, it's great. It's it's just it's And you due. never
3: know where he's going to go like if he's going to start to rap a song or you know quote It is a wild card. quote a Disney yep. movie. <laughs>
0: Let's do it. Yeah, get all it, right. Daniel. <laughs> so, Ready? Daniel, if you would, please give us context on Judges 21 today. Right, here you go, Daniel. Yeah, so, okay, all
1: right, so this is the story. <laughs> all
2: right, that's enough.
1: Um, yeah, I am way too of a different color to be able to do anything like that. Um, all right, so... Judges. So this is terrible. Uh, so really, this is I think this is probably the worst like collection of chapters in Scripture as far as disturbing. But basically, what you're seeing is the people of Israel have become completely like the Canaanites, if not worse. And you, there's so many parallels to Sodom and Gomorrah. Everything that you see in wickedness when it comes to people group, Israel has become that. Uh, they, the I guess the thing that's constantly repeated, and you'll see it at the very end of Judges, is that. Israel had no king, and all people did whatever it was seemed right in their own eyes. And so there's no authority, there's no um, even spiritual authority, because God was supposed to be the king of Israel, uh, and everyone is doing kind of whatever they want to do. And so the moral, I guess, decay is really put on display here at the end of Judges. And um, I think Judges just illuminates kind of the whole narrative of the Old Testament is that Um, we can't save ourselves, that even when we try to, and even when we, you know, we, like, all of our saviors besides Jesus become broken, they end up becoming worse, they sour, Um, and so you see that in all the character, um, like, from Gideon to Jephthah to Samson, and then just this end is, like, so what you see through Judges, you see the leaders get worse, and then finally you see just that the whole nation as a whole has just, like, decayed into complete immorality and so that's kind of what's going on here they reference it actually in prophecy this whole story this story of the Gibeonites as like the worst time in Israel's history and so like you can look at like prophecy and saying that you know it was as the time of the Gibeonites and so it's like there's this this is notorious for the worst darkest time in Israel's history and so we're kind of diving into that and uh, I think it's it just makes me thankful that we are on the other side of the cross of Jesus, right in mm-hmm. his resurrection. obviously we're celebrating that uh, for those of you who are watching. we're celebrating that this week uh, for those who are listening on the podcast that was just this past week as we celebrated Easter but it is it is obvious from these chapters that humanity needs a savior, and I think that's the thing that kind of just shouts out
0: yeah. anybody else
1: got anything?
2: Fantastic job, (laughs) Oh, also, this is is
1: also,
0: from historical reference, this is the first civil war that Israel has, too. All right. So, guys, uh, we're going to get into Judges 21. So we'll get into the scripture reading now.
4: Now the men of Israel had sworn at Mitzvah, no one of us shall give his daughter in marriage to Benjamin. And the people came to Bethel and sat there till evening before God. And they lifted up their voices and wept bitterly. And they said, O Lord, the God of Israel, why has this happened in Israel, that today there should be one tribe lacking in Israel? And the next day the people rose early and built there an altar and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the people of Israel said, Which of all the tribes of Israel did not come up in the assembly to the Lord? For they had taken a great oath concerning him who did not come up to the Lord to Mitzbah, saying, He shall surely be put to death. And the people of Israel had compassion for Benjamin their brother, and said, One tribe is cut off from Israel this day. What shall we do for wives for those who are left, since we have sworn by the Lord that we will not give them any of our daughters for wives? And they said, What one is there of the tribes of Israel? that did not come up to the Lord to Mitzbah. And behold, no one had come to the camp from Jabesh-Gilead to the assembly. For when the people were mustered, behold, not one of the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead was there. So the congregation sent twelve thousand of their bravest men there and commanded them, Go and strike the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead with the edge of the sword, also the women and the little ones." This is what you shall do. Every male and every woman that has lain with a male you shall devote to destruction. And they found among the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead four hundred young virgins who had not known a man by lying with him. And they brought them to the camp at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. Then the whole congregation sent word to the people of Benjamin who were at the rock of Rimmon, and proclaimed peace to them. And Benjamin returned at that time, and they gave them the women whom they had saved alive of the women of Jabesh-Gilead, but they were not enough for them. And the people had compassion on Benjamin because the Lord had made a breach in the tribes of Israel. Then the elders of the congregation said, What shall we do for wives, for those who are left, since the women are destroyed out of Benjamin? And they said, There must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin, that a tribe not be blotted out from Israel. Yet we cannot give them wives from our daughters. For the people of Israel had sworn, Cursed be he who gives a wife to Benjamin. So they said, Behold, there is the yearly feast of the Lord at Shiloh, which is north of Bethel, on the east of the highway that goes up from Bethel to Shechem, and south of Labona, And they commanded the people of Benjamin, saying, Go and lie in ambush in the vineyards, and watch. If the daughters of Shiloh come out to dance in the dances, then come out of the vineyards and snatch each man his wife from the daughters of Shiloh, and go to the land of Benjamin. And when their fathers or their brothers come to complain to us, we will say to them, Grant them graciously to us, because we did not take for each man of them his wife in battle, Neither did you give them to them, else you would now be guilty. And the people of Benjamin did so, and took their wives, according to their number, from the dancers whom they carried off. Then they went and returned to their inheritance, and rebuilt the towns and lived in them. And the people of Israel departed from there at that time, every man to his tribe and family, and they went out from there, every man to his inheritance." In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes.
1: Oh wow. the oh. end. That's it was, so happily it was, ever after. It <laughs> was <laughs> six
2: horses, not
4: seven. Whoops.
1: So uh, I didn't say kind of what specifically happened before okay. these chapters. So basically, there was some there was a traveler that had a concubine that went to a town in Benjamin They did a lot of really terrible things, and they ended up killing his concubine. And so then he took her home, divided her body into 12 pieces, and sent them to each tribe of Israel, and they came in number to then kind of punish this town for what they did. But the town was in the tribe of Benjamin, and Benjamin decided that they weren't going to let their town be taken or the people be punished, and so they fought against Israel. They beat them twice, then Israel finally beat them the third time, and they destroyed everybody in the tribe of Benjamin except for 600 men who fled to that rock that they were talking about. And then they felt really bad that they had, like, overextended and completely destroyed everybody. And so they tried to make up for it, but they made a really foolish vow that said that no one of their daughters could be taken. And so then they they ended up killing another town and taking all of their women... that were virgins, and then they decided that since there wasn't enough, they had they concocted a plan to where the rest of the Benjamin men would kidnap women and that way they wouldn't be breaking a vow by giving their women to the Benjaminites in marriage because they were kidnapping them and that was okay. Yeah. Wow. And that's what happened.
3: Great love story.
1: <laughs> so, so one
2: thing that, first off, <laughs> Daniel did a fantastic job of very, calmly, of very calmly explaining, like, and they cut her body up into 12 pieces. Yeah, it's terrible. That's you know, terrible. It, it's, yeah. But something I do think we should highlight, um, <clears throat> when we look at this scripture, one thing that we don't see is God saying, hey, cut her up into 12 pieces. Or God saying, hey, I got an idea. Why don't you go kidnap these women? These are things that the Israelites did, but something that I think that sometimes we do when we read the scripture is we sometimes we see these things and we and we assume that since the good guys, supposedly the good guys did these things then these must have been good things. Mm -hmm. So like we'll we'll defend it like, yeah, well, I mean, we'll we'll go to really crazy ways to defend this stuff. God isn't in the story saying, do this people. and, and, And another one, I think another one of the darkest chapters in the Bible is Numbers 31. So, so God commands just like he, he does tend to do He commands like to go to war and, and and to kill these people and there are reasons that he tells them to kill people. let me let me take a pause there too. I've said this before but when when a group of people have have become a cancer upon um, the earth, God removes that cancer. It's for the good of mankind when he does that. I know that's a difficult pill to swallow. But, but that's what God does. God's trying to to help humanity move forward and, and sometimes to do that he has to just extinguish the evil. So God will tell tell the Israelites to go kill a group of people. But what you see like in numbers 31, they don't kill the virgins. they go past all the virgins to the 12 tribes. These virgins end up you know basically marrying off into the, into these 12 tribes, which is basically sexual slavery you know and <coughs> rape. And but God didn't command that; they did that. So, and and here in, in Judges we see the same thing. God didn't tell these guys to kidnap these women. Because I mean, imagine imagine mm-hmm. how it must have felt for them. I mean, no one thinks about that in the story. These women are kidnapped and they're forced to marry people that had killed like their family. That's not cool at all. Mm-hmm. But that's not God saying to do that. That's these Israelites. And as we end Judges, we're seeing how bad the Israelites had become. Mm-hmm. And this is a great example, like. They're kidnapping and raping and just craziness happening in, in these stories. And we see how far apart these people have have become you know, from God.
1: And I think what you make a good point, Michael, in that a lot of times we'll read uh, summaries of things like the story of Noah, right? Or like how the earth was destroyed and we just know, oh my gosh, the earth was destroyed. And then we get into thinking mm-hmm. about the number of people that died. We're like, that's awful. How could God do that? But we don't know what the people are like. In Judges, we get to see what people are like. True. And we get to see how terrible it is when, when, when people that have their own, in, like whatever they do is right in their own eyes, might makes right. Whoever is hurt along the way doesn't matter because I'm going to do what I want. You see the consequences of that. You see the consequences of that from a leader in Samson and Gideon and Jephthah, and then you also see it as a whole people group. What happens to society when it all breaks down like that? And so I think that this is, uh, even though this is really disturbing, this is kind of the darkness in humanity. This is the darkness that's inside of all human beings that if it continues to grow and continues to kind of foster, it's going to be so terrible that it's just, it's it's shocking when us, as we look back, read it, you know? All
3: yeah. I could think when I was hearing you guys talk, though, is You know, we read this and we're like, this is horrible. But I was thinking, there is so much evil in our society today, Mm -hmm. and we just make it look pretty. True. You know what I mean? Like, I was Uh just listening to you guys talk, and I was thinking, our world today is full of, like, you know, I mean, how many babies every year are murdered? Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're just, like, there could be a chapter like this about our society right now. But we just, like, we have a way of today of covering things to make them look like oh it's okay you know it's clean it's good it's for this reason Mm -hmm. so to me that's just that's something that like really caught kind of convicted me with reading this was it's easy to say well this is back then and you know we're not like that at all today but I think um when you look at it that way there is a lot of evil that goes on in our culture today and there are a lot of people like that last verse where it says everyone did what was right in his own eyes yeah I think our culture today, everybody thinks, well, you know, if it, if it feels right, if I think it's right and I'm doing good, if I'm doing good in my own eyes, then it's okay. Nobody's looking at the truth anymore.
1: And what happens is like, as that continues to grow, it becomes worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what we're seeing here in (laughs) judges is that that mentality of I can make what's right in my own eyes, what's what, what I think is going to be right. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to do what I feel is right and it ends up becoming worse and worse and worse and those are some of the dark things that we see even in our own world right now okay. and how we we press into that as the light of Jesus to say like no like this is not what god has designed us for mm-hmm. um i think what's what's for me a thread that kind of is through these three chapters of 1920 and 21 is is the pride <laughs> pride is the thing that prevents them from ever doing what is right. Right. So pride is the thing that prevents the Levite from doing the right thing. Right. And then he does this whole awful thing where he takes the body of his concubine and divides him up and sends him out. And then when they all get together, he weaves his story in a way that he looks like he's the victim when really he didn't really do what he should have done in the first place. Then Benjamin, in their pride, does not give up the town that is terrible that would uh, would do this type of thing, and that's what God was commanding them to do: is, is to purge that evil in the in the. And so the Israelites at first are kind of doing the right thing and going to purge it, but then they go way too far. And over-purge and just completely decimate the entire tribe of Benjamin. And then they make a really foolish vow. that no one told them they <clears throat> had to make a yeah, vow. Yeah, they didn't have to do that. It was almost like, yeah, we should totally do it because this is a really good idea. And then they get stuck with it. And then they don't have enough humility to say, you know what, that was a really dumb thing. We shouldn't do that. And instead, so instead of... to save their pride, they go on this crazy find, find loophole Yeah, loophole <laughs> to end up murdering a whole nother group of people, a whole nother town and taking their women and then kidnapping the rest of the women and thinking like, okay, you know, I think we solved the problem here, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> no, like the, like, and then even like, and even the way Israel approached God in this whole civil war process was also prideful. Like, and so I think for me, that was a big thing that really stuck out because pride to me is that un, un like that un, 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 underneath sin that gets so ugly and gets so wicked very quickly and almost kind of is behind the curtain doing all of the bad things. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, pride is the thing that ultimately that was Satan's sin. Satan's sin was pride. He thought that he would ascend. He would do these things. He would do what was right in his eyes. He could rule. He could be the most high. And so like that to me, like, This is the the big uh, I think that that thread of pride to me is very personally convicting because then that makes me search inward and say I need to make sure that I kill pride at its root and not allow any type of like action to kind of follow not to follow obviously in line with this because this is not what I would do. But still like it is so detrimental what we see them doing in the physical happens to us spiritually and also can totally affect our family because it's pride that's that has a husband leave his wife because he wants to make himself happy right yeah mm-hmm. it's pride that says no i'm going to not help those in need because i've gotten i've earned these things you know and so that this is just like that is something that i feel like our world right now really struggles with is pride and i think this is the uh, this story is really good for us to read because this is what pride gets like this is the result of pride down the road
2: mm-hmm. yeah, and the, and the opposite of pride of course is humility and the way that we can humble ourselves is to basically humble ourselves before god is is that instead of relying upon ourselves instead of focusing inward we focus outward we focus on god and and that and, and you're right daniel what they're seeing here is that last verse of judges wraps it up in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So with this pride, with this inward thinking, right, the people were wanting to rely on themselves, trying, you know, this crazy idea of morality that they were just looking inward instead of looking upward. This is, this is the story of the Old Testament, like all wrapped up in, a, in one book. This, this is what keeps happening. They, these, these people, they, they keep on, they get close to God and good things happen and then they fall away from God and then bad things happen. Well, duh. Right? Well, the thing is this, this book was written, written is the wrong word, edited, written, put together, canonized. This happened years after this, many, many years after this. And there's a reason why these books were chosen. And it's because israel was was under um that's it under pressure because we're thinking vanilla ice pressure. right but um no, I just got myself all off track In captivity but yeah they yeah, they were in captivity, and so wanting to be re- thank you for that, get me back on track, Daniel, since they wanted to be you know released from from being under the thumb of someone else they they looked at their history and they said, okay, let's think about these judges. And they and they write, they they put this book together and like oh snap man this this was terrible, we kept on getting away from God and that's the reason why bad things happened and you know in those days there was no king and everyone did what was right in his own eyes that's the reason why things didn't work that's the reason why we're in captivity, so if we want to get things right we have to you know go differently from the book of Judges right what we need to do is we need to, to not be. Um, selfish. We need to not have our egos and have our pride. We need to have humility and we need to draw close, draw near to God, knowing that God is the savior. And also this leads us to Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's it's such, I I just, I love the Bible and and how, and how the story works. It shows us that we need a savior. It shows us that we can't do it ourselves. And
0: then ta-da, Matthew starts and we have Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just a beautiful story. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I bring this point up a lot, but um, it's what you guys have been talking about without um, specifically saying it maybe, but um, about removing God from our society. I think it's interesting that the smartest people typically are the ones that want to remove God from society. Yeah. But they never... The smartest people don't learn from history because mm. it's what happens every single time. Every single time there's this cycle like you were talking about, yep. you were talking about with... Um, with the farther away you get from God, the worse mm-hmm. things get. But yet, we get to a point where the smartest people in the world, or most of the smartest people yeah. in the world, are constantly telling us, God's not real. You know, he's, he's, that's just dumb. You, anybody that believes that is stupid. And we need to move to a place where we don't have God at all anymore mm-hmm. because then we'll really be free and everything will be wonderful.
3: Mm-hmm. That's because the enemy is so good at what he does. Yeah. Yeah. And I was Absolutely. thinking that while you were talking, Michael, like, The enemy, you know, we read Judges 21, and we're like, that is horrible. Like, that would never happen, right? That's what you think. But you got to go back in this, you know, story, and I don't say it so, you know, smoothly like Daniel does, but if you go back... And you look when the enemy starts, he's not like, "Oh, look, this is what's going to happen. You're going to end up killing her and cutting her up." And you know, right. you never think you would do that. It starts off with little tiny, like prideful thoughts, like little tiny evil things. Sure. And that's how the enemy works. That and that's and he knows to go after the the people you're talking about, like the mm. most intelligent people, and putting thoughts in their mind to make them never believe that it could possibly be true that there is a God, you know, and, but he always starts, he always starts really small to build our pride. And, you know, that's just why I think it's really important that we constantly are searching our hearts every day to, you know, say, God, search my heart. Where is, where is pride in my heart? Because I know in myself every day, I can find pride, um, whether it be my parenting or just, you know, when I'm looking at Facebook, it's so easy for pride to creep in. So yeah. it's just important to be watchful of those little tiny those little tiny ways the enemy tries to creep creep into your life. That's yeah. terrible. And then I'm gonna sing Sorry. So <laughs> go I creep. Yeah, creep. Yeah, 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 I was yeah. like, no, I'm gonna go <laughs> off again. But, <laughs> keep it on, uh, keep um, it on the download. Just keep it on the So I have a question.
0: I have a question. You guys, uh Daniel had to step out as well. He has uh, a meeting he has to get to. So uh and I we're do, gonna know. finish up in a couple minutes anyway. But I have a question for you when it comes to that. So where Because without morality, culture gets worse and worse and worse, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because everybody does whatever they see is best, right? Right. It's all relative to whatever your situation is. So these people that are just the smartest people that think that God needs to go away, where do they think our moral code is going to come from? Where do they believe that we're going to somehow get to this amazing thing if we can get rid of God? What, what are they basing their moral code on? Where do they think that we're going? Because obviously you have to have a moral code, right? Yeah. I mean, you need to. So where do they think by getting rid of God, this wonderful place that we're going where these rules and these things are going to be laid out for us to, to guide our um, culture and our society to be even better than it's ever been? That's I, I. I don't they understand don't,
3: that. I don't think they do, and that's what scares me. And that's, you know, what I think is so mm. hard. I think that's why we can't ever get anybody to agree because a lot of people in high leadership don't have that, that truth, like the God's mm. truth. Yeah. And if you don't have like the definite, this is good and this is bad, then you're never going to agree on anything. It's true. Ever.
0: Yeah.
2: I. I think I'm trying to think open-mindedly. Because I mean, if you ask a, a real question, I'm trying to think of if I would put myself in their mind, like how would I answer that question? Mm-hmm. And I think, and I'm not saying that I believe this, but I'm just trying to be devil, devil's advocate quite literally for a minute. I think that their response would be, look at religion mm-hmm. and look at what it's given us it was when you talk about evil. Sure. And they would they would cite the wars that this, this world has been constantly in. And, and the the millions of people who have died because of religious wars. Yeah. And they would use that as as an argument in saying, well, if we didn't have religion, we wouldn't have some of this death. I disagree, because I think we would still fight each other over oh, other yeah. disagreements. Yeah. But that's probably where they would go with that. And they would probably appeal to some kind of natural law idea of like, well, the scientific idea of every action has an opposite and equal reaction and like, you know, basically, if you that what right looks like is um, looking at the consequences of your actions, mm-hmm. and if you and and every single religion and every philosophy has the golden rule, even Wiccans, like even the pagans, they have they have a in their Wiccan read, it's called, uh, if it they say it says, if you harm none, do as you will. Like every religion has that idea, every philosophy has that idea. I think that that again, their answer would be that if we follow that guideline of you know, basic libertarianism, right? That, that don't, if you, if you don't hurt people,
0: then that would be the guideline. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you look back in, in time, where does that come from? Well, it comes from God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's always my thought is like, what are we trying to get to here by removing God from everything? Where do you think that we're going to go, that it's going to be this amazing thing? So, uh, you know, and, and a big thing too, is a lot of them don't believe in biblical history. They don't believe that the Bible's real. They don't believe in anything that happened and it's real unless it's actually found in uh, history elsewhere. Um, But they don't have to look at biblical history to see the cycles of humanity and to see the things that happen. So anyway, I just, you know, I constantly see, and I'm getting to a point with this, but I constantly see so many people wanting to remove God from society. And I see it happening so much. And on such a widespread um, basis that it just, it's hard to look at every day and see that coming. But at the same time, the funny thing is, for me anyway, I have more hope than ever through this coronavirus stuff right now, because yes. I see when times get hard, mm-hmm. I see so many people are turning back to God. I see so many people that have left Him coming back to Him. I see so many people that have never known Him having questions and moving towards Him. Um, so I am I am honestly encouraged by this time, um, and I think that it's going to be a really amazing thing when this is all over. I'm, I'm actually encouraged still by science, because I'm seeing that science is...
2: The science, there's like, it seemed like there's two factions. There's mm-hmm. like scientists and Christians. And I don't think that has to be the case because right. I'm starting to see so much of the Bible and science kind of work together. Yes, it, it stretches things, but I know this isn't our topic, but just a quick example like in Genesis, how we see the, the six day creation period. Um, okay, if you think that's more poetry and you think that's more of, of like, you know, a a guideline about, you know, that that's the story is the story that it's not like a, like a science book. It still has some ridiculously accurate scientific truth in it. If you look at the order that things happen, it looks scientists believe that that's pretty much the order that things happened. Right. I mean like, you know, at at the the beginning, you know, like there being light. Like if you believe, believe in a big bang, that was, you know, explosion of energy, light came first, you know, and and we see like how, how the animals, if, 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 People that believe in evolution, it would have happened the way that Genesis describes it. Right. So, it still has even even if you believe wholeheartedly in science, and you look at the Bible, and you're, you you've got to be like, oh man, that there's some there's some accuracy here, you know. So, I, I think what I think is going to happen, and I'm not kidding, I think that um, maybe not in my lifetime, but maybe in my children's lifetime, I think that that our astrophysicists are going to Maybe not prove God, but I think some of them are going to get to a point like, guys, <laughs> I think we've kind of found it, yeah, mm-hmm. because they're getting so close to. Because I'm seeing it, and they're getting so close to 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 putting the pieces together to actually discovering. Oh my goodness, this is God.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I, th- I think that's going to happen in the next hundred years or so. Yeah, and and just a little quick off topic with that, I, like I can understand people that don't believe in God seeing science without God. But what I don't get is that Christians that want to argue against science because God created everything. And science is the study of everything. So yes. like you can't have science without God because God created all of that stuff that you're studying and figuring out how it works and why. So I, I, I see so many people out there arguing about so many things um, that believe like so strictly, obviously you're supposed to believe the Bible, but they believe so strictly in that that they discount science. Mm-hmm. I think I think that it's a it's a partnership. It's a handshake. Yep. It's it's exactly what it's supposed <laughs> well, to. We need we need of...
2: more Christian astrophysicists. Yeah. If we
0: had Christian astrophysicists that have a grasp on both
2: theology and you know physics and, and astronomy, yeah, th- th- there's a lot that would happen that that we would learn. We would find God more f- literally, not just theologically.
3: Yeah. I was just going to say I think it goes back to the pride issue we talked about earlier. Yeah. Where sometimes Christians (laughs) can be very prideful and not even want to look at anybody who's not a believer and their scientific view. Because it's just like, no, you're wrong. That's not what, you know, that's not what I believe. And their pride gets in the way of them actually being able to study the science.
1: (laughs) Well, and I say
3: that because that used to be me, if I'm honest. Like, I grew up... Um, you know, being taught that anybody who didn't believe in creation was wrong, you know, so I never even thought to even study it. And I would kind of view it as, oh, those those are the evil people, you know, you just kind of grow up with that mindset. And then now that I've gotten older and I've studied more and, you know, taught my kids science, I see things differently. I'm a little more open minded, but I think pride really gets in the way. A lot of believers, we are way too prideful. We think we know all the answers and Here's the deal: like we don't, we our mind's can only grasp so much, and we just have to trust God. God is a God of order, and um, God is like the main. This sounds cheesy, but He's like the main scientist. He's the main yeah. mathematician. He created all of it, <laughs> yeah. so He knows more the scientific reasonings for everything and why it exists and how it came than any, anybody could ever know or will ever know.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, I, I firmly believe that people who don't believe in creationism are wrong because I believe in God that he created it all. But who's to say he didn't create it through a Big Bang, you know? Yeah. Who's to say that the seven days that he took to create the earth didn't take seven billion years for things to evolve from where he started them to where they are now? You know, which explains dinosaurs and all that different stuff. That right. A lot of people that are only science believers say, well, that's not possible because of this and this. But, you know, I I, I don't know. It just, know. I think a key application that we can leave this
2: conversation with for, yeah. for, for listeners is that let's not do that to each other.
1: Hmm.
2: Right. With our political and scientific and religious and like all of our opinions. Keep an open mind. Not not just. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but but more than just open an open mind. So I I see too often like what you said, Tiffany, that people will say that they have a set of beliefs or opinions. And if you don't agree with me, you're stupid. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you, so no other people know things, they may actually know more things than you do. And, and maybe a wise thing would be for you, for you to listen and not just judge them because they disagree with you. Um, God is more magnificent than I think most of us could possibly fathom. Mm. There are so many things to learn about. I mean, the Bible is, it's a big book. It's a big collection of books and, and there's so much culture and history behind it. There's so much study to be done. Someone might actually know more than I do that. That's, that's why I have to look at it. Absolutely. And I, I know, I know. So what, what I learned by studying is that I know Nothing. There's so much to learn. So if we listen, we might be able to, to understand more.
3: And here's the thought too: Don't you think we could probably reach the whole like scientific world of people who are atheists if we should love, yeah, and we showed interest in them and you know their studies and had an open mind. Not that I'm saying we should agree with them, but I'm just saying I think as a whole the Christians sometimes as a whole, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but I think right. sometimes we can be very judgmental and very mean to people
2: yeah. instead of yeah.
3: showing love. And I think sometimes if we would just show love and, and you know, get outside of our own little view of everything, then maybe the Holy Spirit could break through easier to those no people's joke. hearts. And I think Jesus would be that way if he was here. I don't think he would— um, Be doing marches yelling against these people and you know showing hate. I think he would show love. And I think, how how would would
2: you, Tiffany? How would you want to be reached? Like, if someone's someone was going to convince you of something, are you going to be convinced by them saying, Listen, Tiffany, you're stupid, you're an idiot, you're (laughs) wrong. If you don't believe what I believe, then you shouldn't even talk to me, you're on a different plane than I am. Like, is that going to reach you? Probably not. You know, so like maybe <laughs> we shouldn't do that.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's almost like the golden rule is the answer to everything, right? Boom.
2: Right? Mic drop. <laughs> but we don't actually drop mics because mics are expensive. Yes.
0: <laughs> but I was, I was just talking about the golden rule with my daughter yesterday, and I said it in more of like the King James version. Mm-hmm. Second, so first I said, treat other people the way you want to be treated. And I was like, "Or do unto others as you would have them do unto you." And she was like, "I think I like the way you said the first one better." (laughs) And I was like, "That's okay, but it's true. I mean, it's absolutely true." And if we could, and it is—it's humility, it's love, it's it's, patience—it's—it's all the fruits of the spirit, right? Mm -hmm. So um, let's let's wrap this up today and uh, just remember to live that way, you know. So um, I'll go ahead and play. uh, play. I'll go ahead and pray to finish us up today, and then we'll get out of here. So, guys, uh, pray with me, if you would, if Facebook Live, and if you're listening on the audio version. Um, If you're driving, please don't close your eyes. (laughs) Um, But uh, Heavenly Father, uh, we love you. Uh, We thank you so much for the amazingness that you are, for your glory your omnipotence, for everything that you are, God. Um, All these amazing things that we don't even understand yet. But God, we love you, and we have faith in you, and we trust in you because of your faithfulness and the things that we see from you over and over again throughout this amazing book called The Bible that we study on this podcast every week, Um, but through the way we see you moving in people's lives as well, right in front of our very eyes, the way that you're moving in our lives and in our society. And you're just changing things. And, and God, we love you so much because of all of that um, and because of so many other things. But Father, we just see hope through this time. Um, we see change in people through this time and we just ask that you give us the tool. We we already know that you've given us the tools that we need. We ask that you open our eyes and activate those tools in us, have us activate them on our own God so that we can operate in the fruits of the spirit in this amazing time that you've given us this awesome opportunity to reach people for you where their hearts and their eyes are open. The scales have been removed in some people and, and God just give us what we need to be people that draw them in and that treat them the way that they that we would want to be treated so that we are not pushing them away and in this time taking them further away from you instead of being your light and drawing them in with love and with patience and with humility and so many other things that you've given us and instructed us to do, God. So we love you, we love you, we love you. We lift you up and we thank you, God, for so many things that we don't even understand. In your name we pray and say amen.
3: Amen. Amen.
0: So, guys, that is another episode of the podcast for this week. Um, Thank you, Daniel, who had to step out. Um, Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Tiffany. And thank you to all of you who um, watch us through all of these uh, crazy conversations that we have. We know that um, before we hit record on the Facebook Live, it gets a little (laughs) rowdy and a little crazy sometimes. We
3: we bring it back in, though. We do. We We bring it it back in. in.
0: But we thank you guys so much for sticking with us. and we love you guys. Uh, we're happy to be here and be another resource for you to be able to have a conversation and just people to watch you know if you like people watching you can join in and watch us and see the stupid things that we do so um guys uh thanks for joining us again for another episode um we send you out with that mission this week um as always go out and show the light and the love of jesus to the world um in this time look up if uh we didn't touch on all of them look up the fruits of the spirit and um start to focus on those operate on those in my house we have them hanging up on the wall um in the kitchen so that's something that we can remember my wife was one that wanted to do that so um find those those out put them up somewhere you can see them every day and try to operate out of them the best that you can because that's the way that the world's going to change so guys uh we thank you and we'll talk to you next week